What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Ho 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 Holidays Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis and some sadness today for sure in regards to the Atlanta Falcons. Adam, how's it going, sir? Oh, Graham, what are we even doing here? Like, this is this feels like an all time low, minus the Super Bowl. Like, just the state yeah. of where we're at right now. This is the worst I've felt probably since one in seven Dan Quinn got uh, another year because they finished the year strong when it didn't fucking matter. It's not even the Falcons. It's like, you know, we're still sitting on the Braves, losing to the Phillies. We didn't get Shohei Otani. Of course. We're not, we get, get we're not getting a big free agent. It's not no. happening. Yeah. And then uh, the Hawks. I don't even know where they are now. They're well below 500. They barely beat barely beat Detroit. The two and 24 Detroit Pistons the other night. You know they're giving up 125 points every single game. Did you watch any of that game? No, I, I watched the majority of it, and it was a track meet the whole time. It was um, it was like Cade Cunningham of Detroit would just run down there and hit a layup, and then Trey would go down there and shoot a three, and then it was just, it was just like them just trading baskets. Still will make the occasional pass, but it was it was like it was like practice. Was like no defense was being played. It was just like let's work on our you know driving. Let's work on our three pointers. It was absurd. Yeah, we still barely only beat. You're exactly right. Barely only beat a team on a 24 game. Like that was uh, there was a part of me after losing to the one and 12 Panthers. I was like, I almost hope we lose to these Pistons. I thought it, we it would. would just be perfect. Yeah. It'd, it'd just be like put a ribbon on this weekend. Yeah, of shit terrible ribbon. Atlanta sports shit ribbon. Uh, yeah, we're just, you know, we're in that mode. We we can handle it. It's fine. I don't even think it builds character anymore. It's like, I don't feel stronger after this. I just feel number. I just feel more apathetic towards Atlanta sports, the thing, one of the things I love the most in this world, which upsets me. I'm starting to embrace the suck a little bit, though. You know, like this, this Falcons hey, team. Hey, no Dan Quinnisms in here. I don't want to hear that shit. Oh, is that something he says? Yes. Really? And the year after the Super Bowl, that was the mantra, the platitude heading into the next season was, oh, embrace well, the suck. I'm on board with it because. Oh, okay. I feel like I generally, after a terrible loss like that, like on a Monday, I'll avoid, you know, just all Atlanta sports radios, podcasts. I won't listen to my Locked On Falcons. I don't want to hear what Aaron Freeman has to say. None of that. But but this week I tuned in, and it was just a complete bitch fest, and I felt good. I was like, oh, other people feel exactly like I do. They're just as frustrated. The city's pissed. I was like thinking back to, what were we, 2-0 or 3-1, and and how sweet life was. And we're like, oh, we have a good football team. Did you see the defense and the way they closed out that Packers game? Yeah. Like, or like we beat the Panthers different. to start one and It's just yeah. different this year. I remember going. And it's all the same now. Yeah. I remember going into Sean's um, little market sandwich place uh, down the street from me. The next day after the week one win at the, the Panthers, I was wearing my Falcons hat. And she goes, nice win yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, it's nice not, uh, to wear this hat and not feel ashamed. She's like, yes, sir. And then. I still wear it, and I feel the shame all over again. So it was uh, the success was fleeting, the love was fleeting, and now everyone wants Arthur Smith gone. Everyone wants Desmond Ritter gone. 
including Arthur Smith, and they benched him again this week, which is hilarious. And now it's just it's just funnier more than anything else. It's just it's just how not to run an NFL franchise 101. And I kind of we can talk about the game a little bit more, but after that, I kind of want to do just like how did we get here? So you since know. since we left you all, Falcons had. I believe like a 60-ish percent chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. We then proceed to blow a game to the Bucks. Blow a game to the 1 and 12 Panthers and now playoffs are all but dead. I mean 11%, 11%. I guess some things could still happen. You have to win out pretty much. Yeah, we have to win out. And you know, f- I still don't think the Buck although the Bucks are starting to play a little better. They crushed the Packers last week. And uh, you got to play. I was very surprised you know. that both both the Saints and the Bucks took care of business, I guess. You know they're better than us apparently. So yes, we are what we are. Yeah, we're a top ten pick again, most likely. And now we have all these coach questions on top of our quarterback questions, and it's just not a good place to lose this game to the yeah. Panthers. Was just, I mean that's that's the bottom of the bottom. Like I knew it was gonna be close because all these games are close. Yeah, and every game. When I saw the rain, I was like, oh no, look out! I like, thought it was gonna be like the Jets game though, where we. You know, we're in control, you know, we're forcing some turnovers and we'd come out on top at like four or five points, but we just couldn't get anything going. B. John Robinson was only on the field for like 49% of the offensive plays, which makes no fucking sense to me. Another Arthur Smith just goes out of his way to make it harder on himself. He's a, he's a, I'm going to say it. He's a, he's, he is a moron. Everyone, you know. There is nothing he does that gives you an advantage. This team only averages 18 points a game, and situationally, he calls the dumbest plays. You know, Tampa Bay a week ago, we did another Janu Smith end around sweep in the red zone. We think about you know when we had we were we had the ball deep in our own territory against the Jets. He calls a jet sweep to Bijan Robinson, even though that play takes a while to develop, and we get a safety. You know, and then. Against Tampa Bay, he, you know, we're deep in our own territory again, and he does play action and has Desmond Ritter hanging out in the, the end zone. That leads to a safety. This week, he has Desmond Ritter when we're up 9-7 to seven in the red zone, when the offense has done shit all day, drop back to make a throw, and he throws a pick. And yes, Drake London was wide open, but you got to know your personnel is not that good to be giving Desmond Ritter the keys to the kingdom during that play and just, just run the ball and well, kick the field goal. Well, it's really not that hard. Okay. It's very simple. You've you've touched on a couple nerves with me already. Situational. Well, not your fault. Play calling. Just yeah, thinking about these games. Yeah. I, Tampa Bay. I kind of blacked that game out. I'm now remembering the safety. I'm remembering the two coup missed field goals, which you can't control that. But but like we win that game. Otherwise, that game ends on the five yard line. As remember the hail mary. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Almost. Yeah. Drake London gets it to the three. Yeah. That's just. That sucks. Yeah, that it, it, that that really sucks. That that was a backbreaker. But then this game, yeah, that Desmond Ritter interception, one of the worst throws you'll ever see in your life. I'm still unclear if he was trying to throw it to Drake London or trying to force it to Corderell in the. I quarter. think he was trying to force it to Corderell because you know you don't call plays for Drake London in this offense. You call plays for Corderell Patterson, Johnu Smith, Keith Smith, Michael Pruitt. That's what you do, Adam. You don't you don't call plays for guys you drafted in the top ten. So you don't think it's the he was like trying to throw to his right, running to his he left. He probably was, but you know I hate throws across the body. You know sometimes it happens when we play Madden after the podcast. It's like I'm running, you know, left with Donovan McNabb, and I'm and I try to throw across my body. I'm like, what am I doing? But I'm an idiot playing Madden. I'm not an NFL player. Like it's just Ritter's not good enough to do that. And it's no. also raining like crazy. You're playing against 
I would say an underrated defense in Carolina. They play everyone really hard. It's just you cannot make that play call on that decision, and you cannot make that throw in that situation. Yeah, and in that game, like I mean, two turnovers, right? Desmond, and then Bijan has a real issue with fumbling the football. He does his third fumble. He does not respect the football. Third fumble of the season. And I think that's, I mean, he didn't get the ball after that. No, but he didn't. You understand why Algier gets the ball at the end of the game. Like, he's just solid and he holds on to the football. Right, but Bijan didn't get a chance to get going in that game at all. You think about what was working out of the bye week. Feed Bijan Robinson. He had like 25 touches in that that Saints game. He had a lot of touches in the Bucks game. And then it's like, we're going to play the Panthers. And yes, we were down a lot of offensive linemen. Yeah, we were I mean, missing like three offensive linemen. Algier was running the ball better than Bijan that day. Fine, but I'd still like. But but there's just dumb decisions with Bijan. It's like one, you're not giving him the ball enough, or being creative enough to get him the ball because he's such a you know an unbelievable playmaker when he's got the ball in his hands. And then sometimes you have him blocking for like Cordarell, and uh, you know when Cordarell's getting a handoff or Algier's getting a handoff, and it's like what the hell are we doing here? It's just baffling decisions by Arthur Smith. You know, and he's got to go, man. You he know, should be fired. He should have been fired on Monday. My my most hated Falcon at this point, Van Jefferson. He's a bum. He's been awful. I think he has one catch. He's had some crucial He's got penalties. more penalties than he has catches. He had that penalty that lost us that one game where we were driving to win the game. I don't even remember which. I don't remember. They're all I know what you're together, talking about. I can't like, remember yeah, what game it is. Yeah. We were rolling, and he like... Oh, it was a drop on fourth, fourth no, down. No, it's a Tennessee game. Yeah. It's a Tennessee game. A we're trying to come back, and then he dropped the ball. And like this game, like he had another drop and another crucial penalty, and it's like, what is, what are we doing with this guy? Like, why is he on the field? Where's Matt Collins? Matt Collins was fine before. I think he's been hurt. He was out there a little bit. I don't know, man. But it's just like, we do just seem to stick with these guys, where it's just not working out. No. Like I know he, he has spe- some speed, but he's been terrible. He's been terrible. Like why are we? Yeah, why are we utilizing him? Another thing I want to call out in terms of situational play calling or lack thereof by Arthur Smith. We've lost four. The four games we've lost, the last four games we've lost, they've all been decided by a late touchdown or field goal by the other team to win the game. And it's because Arthur Smith doesn't know how to close out a football game. He doesn't know how to take time off the clock at the end and ensure that the other team doesn't get enough. You know, doesn't have enough time to put together a drive or very little time to put together a drive. You think about that Tampa Bay game, we scored with like two minutes left. It's like, of course, we're giving, they're going to have enough time to go down and, and drive down the field. Um, Minnesota is the same thing. Arizona. And now add Carolina to that shit, even though I know it was a turnover. Um, I mean, who the hell had them going 95, 95 yards, yards yeah. 17 plays? It's insane. Like, And that, that's the other, just all these terrible, terrible, shitty trends where, you know, like our defense, that's like the third or fourth game where our defense has been game. great. Fourth. They've been great all game. Like, we had them shut down the entire game. Like, they got three points off Bijan's fumble. Yeah. And then this 95-yard drive when, like, we just need one stop. Yeah, and we can't stop him. It makes no sense. It's like... But it's, again, that's Arthur Smith fucking up, giving the giving the other team too much time to put a drive together. It's just... it's. Well, this one's not on Arthur. Like, seven and a half... Who had them going seven and a half minutes? And it was the interception. Yeah, but no, that is on Arthur because he should have just run the ball. If you run the ball a couple more times and kick the field goal, you win the game. The Panthers didn't score a touchdown. They probably wouldn't have scored a touchdown. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like yeah. you would have been up twelve to seven at that point. It would have forced them. They still could have driven for a touchdown. Or you would have. They, would, they would have. Had, sorry, you went up ten to six. You would have had t- seven minutes to score a touchdown. Yes, but you went up ten to six at that point, and it's like I think there was less time left than what you're letting on. I'm going to verify you on that. 
Because to me, it felt like there wasn't that much. No, there was. It was like seven minutes left. There were seven the, minutes left. Yeah, dude, they freaking. It was a seventeen-play drive. Regardless, you have a scoring opportunity in this game, and points are precious, and you don't just run the ball. Like be. Be conservative. This is the one time to be conservative. And Arthur Smith commented on that today. He was like, you know, we were being a little conservative in that game. Thought we'd go for the the dagger or whatever. I'm not, you know, it's not an exact quote, but it's like, why, why are you, you? This is not the quarterback to do that with. It's so dumb. But what? But my original point was is that before this, before this game, the other three losses it was scoring touchdowns too fast or scoring too fast and giving the other team too too much time yeah. to work with. I feel like this the one game he didn't do that with was the Saints game. The Saints game was actually his best game of the year in terms of play caller because he just ran the ball. It was simple, you know. Didn't put Ritter in too many, um, you know, bad situations to make turnovers. Even though he still turned the ball over because, you know, quite frankly, he sucks. But in terms of play calling, it was fine. And he, and then he made sure the Saints didn't have enough time to come back and, and score. But these other games, Arizona, Minnesota, and Tampa Bay, it's, it's just poor, poor situational football it's like that that big pass that Ritter had in the the Tampa Bay game to London that London saved from being an interception it was a horrible pass but it's like you know there's like three or four minutes left it's like why are we taking a deep shot here we need to be methodical and then after we you know the amazing completion there by by London it's like we scored two plays later it's like why are we going so fast like slow down you can't give these guys another chance to score it's football 101 he's a terrible coach he needs to be fired it's as simple as that yeah I can't with this team, Graham. We're just we're not serious. It's no, we're not, not a, serious. It's not people. a real football team. No, it's not. It's pathetic. And and the fact that they're so competitive in, in all these games, and they can't close it out, is just beyond frustrating. This goes back to like the end of the Dan Quinn era. I feel like we've been watching the same team mm-hmm. since 2018. They play a little harder than those Dan Quinn teams, I would say. Dan Quinn lost the locker room for sure, but. It is a similar feeling in the sense that you just know there's no chance in hell that anything good's going to come from this. And I want to go back to what I've been talking about since Fontenot took over. Let's just start from the beginning. Arthur Smith is hired, right, after the 2020 season, before Fontenot. Then Fontenot is hired separately, which, first, bad decision, right? Back, it's backwards. Not, yeah, not land the GM, hire the coach. All right, so fast forward, you draft Kyle Pitts for some reason. Bad decision because you had so many holes in this football team, and he's not a guy you build around. You, you know, top 10 picks are people you need to build around. Drafting Kyle Pitts in the top, you know, uh, I don't know. You, you don't draft Kyle Pitts there if you're the Falcons. And I don't think either one of us, we, we were both excited by, you know, the hype around Kyle Pitts, but in terms of like what we needed, and then there are plenty of people available who were, you know, who someone we needed who was also good, like Pinay Suell. The great tackle that got drafted after Kyle Pitts. I was like, not to mention your boy, Micah Parsons. That would have been better. That, he, that's he's the game yeah. changer. Yeah, like like those two guys were sitting out there. Yeah. Those those are those are twenty cor- twenty hindsight cornerstone for stupid. It hasn't, so <laughs> hasn't happened for a reason. Yeah, don't be the first to do something. Don't be the first to do something. Like just in, like at this point in time. All the firsts have happened. Like you don't need to be the first. No, to, you don't need to be the first. Yeah, but like, it, but you're, it, you're not going to look like a genius drafting a tight end at four. Yeah, it hasn't happened for a reason. Yeah, and now he had a decent year, but we had a shitty team. So it was like, okay, who cares? Um, then you go in the off season, right? And then Arthur Blank, and this is where everything comes to to a fucking T, right? Arthur Blank wants Deshaun Watson. He pursues Deshaun Watson with no backup plan. 
Zero. By pursuing Deshaun Watson, he alienates Matt Ryan. Deshaun Watson thing falls through. We won't even get into the you know the legal stuff and the moral implications of that. It was a bad idea. And so you don't get Deshaun Watson. You have no backup plan. Matt Ryan wants out, understandably, because they went behind his back to go get Deshaun Watson. So you get rid of Matt Ryan, who I think still, I know he had a bad season in 2022, but, you know, he's your greatest friend, you know, greatest player in the history of your franchise. You alienate him. Pathetic. You get Mariota to be a quarterback. And then in a panic, you draft Ritter in the third round. And then again... In the first round, you draft Drake London, who's a nice player, very good receiver. I think he has the heart of a champion. Um, but again, you don't get an edge rusher. You don't get help on the offensive line. It's like there are pieces there that could help you in the places you really need it. What is a receiver going to do if you don't have a quarterback? Not to mention, like, say we still like have Matt Ryan. He's our starter last year. Ritter's behind him. Ritter might be in a he might be a completely different quarterback Absolutely. right now. Like, and I think we would have made the playoffs and, if Matt and, Ryan was our quarterback Matt, last year. Like Matt Ryan would have like had the grace to be like, okay, once this guy's better than me, I will like be the backup and yeah. like coach him up. Yeah, maybe in twenty twenty four I'll Matt Ryan could still be playing. Who knows? I don't know. Um Well that's not my main like my main point is like he would have had like, he, would have it, he would have stepped aside it, yeah, and like but, still been a part of the team. Right. He would have like, understood. We saw him do that in Indy yeah. when they benched him, and he right. was like still like, okay, I'm here. Like, yeah, I'll you, coach this quarterback he, up. He would understand the rationale behind that. Draft, yeah. you know, he's getting older. He's taking a lot of hits. Draft, right. a, draft a replacement that could come in the next couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that, that was poor. That was also stupid. So then we fast forward to this year. We still need an edge rusher. We still need help mm-hmm. on the offensive line. Let's draft a running back, even though we have a guy in Algier he's a one-dimensional back. We did rush for over a thousand yards last year. And then you don't utilize any, and you don't utilize Bajan enough this year to justify picking him there. And again, you have no fucking quarterback and you put Ritter out there. You don't start him in the preseason beyond like two series. Um, that is infuriating. And you don't develop him very well. Obviously I would say this, I was thinking about this when I was driving around the car today. Desmond Ritter looked better. In the four games last year, I think, than he did this season. There were games he was better this year, for sure. But in terms of not turning the ball over, the catastrophic turnovers, there were no turnovers in those four games. He protected the football. Now he's a turnover machine. 16 turnovers, 6 red zone turnovers. An abject disaster. Actually, no, he has more than that. He has 21 turnovers. He has, like, 11 fumbles and 10 picks. He's awful. He, like, ever, you know... I can't even think anymore, Adam. I'm so frustrated and flustered. I'm questioning your stats there. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up I've how seen many... 16 turnovers is what I've seen. I think you're right. But I'm I gonna... think you just made up I'm, I'm losing my mind. Somehow you jumped to 21. All right, let's 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 see. Let's Maybe you're see. thinking of like should have been. Should Yeah, he probably should have like 45 turnovers with all the picks that have been dropped this year. Uh, let's, let's see. All right, so this year Ritter has 10 interceptions. And, Six uh, fumbles probably. Five fumbles. Five fumbles lost. So not 21. (laughs) So not 21. It feels like 21. Okay. But just critical red zone turnovers and things like that, or turn the ball over deep in your own territory, that's been his MO. Things you know are coming. Things things that are very hard to overcome. And it all starts with just building a franchise like a moron with skill position players, not alienating a quarterback, not having a backup plan. And um, you are where you are because the entire organization are a bunch of morons. And they don't know how to put together a good team. Now they, I mean, they did put together a good defense. The defense has been good, even with the loss of Anyamata and Grady and and um, uh, Anderson and all these other people we've lost this year. The defense has held up their side of the bargain, minus wilting in these four losses at the end of games. But 
Like that's that's <laughs> progress. That's been good. I like Nielsen. I like what they're doing there. But everything else is highly suspect, highly questionable, and it's just it's unacceptable with this easy of a uh, schedule to be six and eight. You've lost to the at the t- you know at the time one in twelve Panthers. The Cardinals are one in ten. Commanders suck. Like uh, the, a lot of these teams that we lost to are Vi- not even the Vikings the, with Dobbs. Who's Vikings now been with benched. Dobbs. Tennessee Titans with Will Levis's first start, and he's been he's been not dog good. shit since then. Yeah. It's just you cannot come back from this, and it's and it's pathetic in all respects. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you, Graham. It's uh, like I said. This was the kicker. Like no. I still had like the hopes of oh. We're, Terrible NFC South. I still like our defense is feisty. We've got all these skill position players. Like we've seen good moments from Ritter, but like, dude, like, come on. Like we just can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's just like mm-hmm. you had the fan base at the beginning of the year. Yeah. You had you. You had the lady in the store. Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> Mercedes Benz was a decent environment, mm-hmm. and now we're just lost again. Yeah. And we, we don't we don't trust anything you're gonna do. Like. No. And if you, Arthur Blank, I'm talking to you here, like, you can't bring this man back at this point. Like, this is exactly what happened with Dan Quinn, where you bring him back, and then we go 0-5. Yeah. Like, the writing is on the wall. Like, if you want to stick with Fontenot, I'm fine with that. Like, Lee, like Terry, I, I don't know how many of these draft picks have been his decisions. He has hit in free agency, undeniably. And like you said, a GM should be able to hire a head coach. I don't want Rich McKay hiring a new GM, hiring a new coach. Like, so I've heard that Rich McKay is no longer involved in football decisions. There's another Falcons pre- uh, president. I can't remember his name, but Rich McKay just oversees the Mercedes-Benz Stadium at this point. The business stuff, that's yeah. fine. Either way. Either I, way, I get what you mean. I would be okay with Terry. Like I, I still kind of like Terry. We don't hear from him because like that's kind of the Falcons' MO is to not let GMs talk right. during the season. Well, but um, I've got a question, Terry, a little. I mean, you're right about the picks. We don't know with the weird setup of hiring a coach before a GM. We don't know. We don't know how much influence Arthur has over these picks. But I'd be shocked if he was for it since he doesn't utilize them enough. But you're right. We can't definitively say that. But one thing about Terry that was disturbing, I heard an audio clip on the radio today <laughs> where he's talking about how Just, much he liked Ritter. He didn't talk anything about – and this is before all this bullshit, before the season. He didn't talk anything about – um his football ability. He just talked about the confidence. He talked about his memory of specific plays and his personality. He didn't cite one thing about his ability on the football field. And he was so blown away by that and fell in love with the guy. And it's, so, just, so Ritter's a, he's a salesman is what he is. I guess, even though he sounds like a Muppet, he, I guess he's a, a Muppet salesman. Yeah. The death of a Muppet I salesman. Mean the team, the, I mean, but it legitimately seems like the veterans respect Ritter. I think like, he's a perfectly fine if, guy. If he weren't, like, like I think I, he, I, I mean, think he's got leadership quality. We could have ourselves a, a competent backup quarterback. No, he's done. He's thrown his last passes in Atlanta Falcons. I don't think, I, listen, I don't think You that's cannot true. come back. No one wants him. He, they have never seen a quarterback in the history of my life and any team make as many back-breaking turnovers as Desmond Ritter. Like, no one wants him. He's going to have no trade value. Because no, Ritter I, and uh, Heineke's going to start the rest of the season. No, but, like, as a backup quarterback, like, we've seen him as a backup quarterback where he came in and looked competent. Like, he knows our offense. Sure. Like, he's... Can be good at times. He that's, can be that's good. That's a at decent times. backup quarterback, I guess. But I, I think he just 
shouldn't be a starter. No, and it's just and he wasn't ready for this. That we put all our eggs in this basket, but it goes back to the Deshaun Watson decision. That this is this is an avalanche effect of the Deshaun Watson pursuit, and they completely botched it, and that's why. I can't stand Arthur Blank. Here's another reason why I can't stand Arthur Blank. And Arthur Blank, let me be, you know, I've been talking for a while, but I don't like what he does in personnel decisions. I recognize his philanthropy. I recognize that he's a good guy, um, you know, who... Been good for the city of Atlanta. He's been good for the city of Atlanta. He's not... He brought us a soccer team. He brought us a world-class stadium. Right. He's not uh, Dan Snyder, the old uh, Washington owner who was, like, convicted of sexual misconduct and all these other shady things and had a, you know didn't maintain FedEx field apparently they don't have hot showers there sometimes you know it's just he was like the worst owner ever he wants the best for the city of Atlanta he does but his mindset isn't right and I'm going to play a clip from this uh, interview courtesy of Georgia Public Broadcasting who has not authorized us to play it but I don't give also, a shit that's hilarious he does an interview with Georgia Public yeah, Broadcasting yeah it's so <laughs> random so this happened yesterday uh, this is a que- yeah so I'll just let you guys hear it assess where we are and go from there does he have to get to the playoffs to come back no i don't i mean i i uh, that was never really a requirement the requirement was that we have a you know a, a more competitive team this year a winning team this year um and i think that you know through this part of the season it's been mixed uh quite honestly and that's what i think uh it's what the co- so it was never a requirement to make the playoffs just have a competitive team this year with this division, with this schedule. And this is year three of a three-year plan that this man is on record talking about that Fontenot and Smith pitched him. And that's that's the expectation just to be competitive? I, I, I hate that mindset. And this is also what Arthur Smith said about, uh, uh, what's his name? Arthur Blank said about Arthur Smith. Too many Arthurs. You know, we, we're... So in 2024, is Arthur Smith going to be your head football coach for your team? Well, when we, you know, we, we're committed to Coach Smith. Uh, we're uh, going to play these last three games. We plan to win them, and uh, we'll let the season play out and go from there. Uh, obviously, this has not been the kind of year we expected, and uh, I, you would hear that first, first from Coach Smith. So there, there you go. That's it's, not, it's not a resounding. He's coming. It's back. not an endorsement. I, I think. I mean, from Arthur Blank, like that's kind of. That's kind of like your head is in the guillotine. Like you if, you don't, these if you don't win out, you're you're out of here, which which is fine. But I just hate that the expectation from his standpoint, based off this interview, I can go off as what he says, is that the expectation wasn't you have to make the playoffs, which I think I is mean, just I, a I, loser mentality. Yeah, I mean, I could see, like, it's just a feel of the team, right? Like, if, if we're, like, competitive, we are competitive every game, but it's like, Poorly competitive. Poorly against competitive. Poor, poor teams. Like if if it, if we're like improving and the offense is clicking, yeah, you're going to bring him back. But like a guy who's been brought in for his offense, dude, he scored. Oh, I don't know if we actually got the stat right. He scored. His offense has scored over thirty points one time because we scored like thirty seven a couple years ago. But that was with a defensive touchdown, right? And it hasn't been anywhere close to that not this year. Good enough. Yeah, I'm sure that game was with Matt Ryan probably. I can't remember. But Marcus Mariota is definitely better than Ritter. Yes, 100%. And uh, it sucks. And Ritter, for whatever reason, he's great in the fourth quarter most of the time. You have like the, high, like the highest QBR in the league. But this first one through three quarters, he's just awful. And this team is screwed. We play the Colts on Sunday. And that's the thing, is that you blew all these games against, you know, win, against winnable teams. Tampa Bay, Carolina, 
Minnesota, Arizona. Now you're getting to the hardest part of your schedule, probably, where you got to play a division leading Colts team that has a really good offense and a solid defense. Um, you know, then you got to go on the road to play Chicago, who's playing great football right now overall, even though they're still not like having an amazing record. They're really competitive. Justin Fields is playing out of his mind. The defense, ever since they traded for Montez Sweat, is unbelievable. We're going to score maybe six points in that game. And then you finish the season in New Orleans against the Saints, who are going to be hungry as hell to get revenge against you for, you know, for when we beat them a few weeks ago and to potentially make the playoffs. There is no chance in hell we win either any of these games to me based off the performance I'm seeing from this team week in and week out. So if we go 3-0 and in those games, do you believe? Something would have had to transpire that is beyond our comprehension in order to go 3-0. and Like this, like all the things Arthur Smith talks about every week that needs to be fixed, yeah. he finally fixed them if, that, if that's the case. I mean, like... I don't I mean, think I'm... I don't know. I, I mean, I would, I would start to believe a little more, but at the end of the day... It's kind of like when Dan Quinn started one and seven and finished like seven and ten or whatever, and then started the next year zero and five. It's like you didn't win when a thousand percent mattered, and if you're winning now when you have an eleven percent chance to make the playoffs, yes, you could still technically make the playoffs, and maybe you know, but you probably won't. So goodbye. You you screwed up. The easiest schedule maybe in the history of football. We played two good teams all year, Detroit and Jacksonville. <laughs> this is the fucking results we get. All right, well, I'm done. Let's, let's look at this. You know, we're still in it as of now. Obviously, I don't know if we've said this, but we're going with Heineke the rest of the year. Heineke is the start of the rest of the season. So I don't want to play uh, quarterback carousel, though. I don't want to do that. Yeah, well, but that's exactly what I'm doing. Well, here we go. Yeah. Um, that's Arthur Smith. Ritter, Ritter said something along the lines of, like, that was like one of the worst – mistakes of his life or worse throws of his life or yeah, something no along shit. those lines oh he also said we have to uh throw the ball away there we what has he got split personality oh, was he Gollum? i hate that it's just disgusting it's like no you it's, it's almost like not taking a full accountability yeah. for his mistake yeah um all right let's look at this for real though Graham. all right look at can you pull up some schedules for me yeah who did the bucks have for their next three games tampa bay is playing Okay, I'm about to say, I have someone relatively decent. They play Jacksonville next, um, then New Orleans, and then finish the year at Carolina. Mm. So not an easy schedule, minus maybe the Panthers. Well, that's problematic that they, they do play the New Orleans. All right, what do the Saints have? All right. Because one of those is getting a win there. Right. Maybe they'll tie. Maybe we'll get there. <laughs> All right, so the Saints don't have a, an easy schedule either. Rams this Thursday. Uh, at the Rams, and then at Tampa Bay, and then at home against us. So if the Saints lose to the Rams, Tampa Bay loses to who they have? If Tampa Bay loses to Jacksonville. And we beat the Colts, we're tied for first place again? Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be annoying. Yeah. But unlikely, Graham. It's a, I don't think we're going to beat, like I said, Indy's 8-6. and six. They're playing good football. Gardner. I can see us showing up against a good team. I guess, maybe. Heineke uh, just balls out. Puts Heineke could, that could put a little jolt into the team, but, but it, didn't, it didn't do it last time. Yeah, the problem is he's just as turnover-prone, if not more, than he, Ritter. But he's not going to make the back-breaking turnover. He's not going to throw the red zone pick 
more than likely, and he's know, not going to fumble the ball like a moron. We're zero two in his starts this year. So. Yeah, but he's not going to fumble the ball like a moron either. Yeah, so. he's obviously not the answer. I don't know. I'm done with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is a terrible team put together by incompetence who have no vision. So there you have it. That's your Falcons report. Um, it might be the show because let's we can talk a little bit about the Hawks. But we did talk about the Hawks yeah. already. They're 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 not good. Let's they play call no defense. It, Graham. This is it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Bah humbug to all <laughs> yeah. and to all a good night. Enjoy your Christmas Eve Falcons game that'll you know I hope we get blown undoubtedly out. Undoubtedly go I down hope we lose like forty four to nothing. It's gonna go down to the last possession. Yeah, that's exactly what'll happen. It'll be it'll be I'm gonna call it now. It's gonna be uh twenty four to 22 Falcons are going to get a safety early in the game Calais Campbell is going to bust through there do the dirty bird for his sack and then uh, we'll leave too much time on the clock Gardner Minshew will lead a drive downfield and throw a touchdown to Michael Pittman in the corner of the end zone mm. and look good doing it with and look great doing it yeah. and uh, there will be like four seconds left on the clock Falcons will fair catch the kickoff and didn't do a ridiculous you know, the, the last second play where you just lateral a bunch. And uh, Arthur Smith will make sure that Johnu Smith is the feature player during that play. Or, Graham, 35-34, we lose on <laughs> Ku missing a 35-yard a 35-yard, like yeah, yeah, something that he should make in his sleep. Yeah. I can see it. This is pure Atlanta sports cynicism right here. I saw something where it was like, Desmond Ritter has legitimately lost us like four to five games with his turnovers late in the game, or just like turnovers in general. Right. Like so think like about think we, about could, we could have nine, ten wins right now. Yeah. Well, think about the the Washington game where he throws that red zone pick. It was just like we were like the ten. Um, you know, just stuff like that. And then that then that makes me kind of come back to you know we're, you know in spite of Ritter's shitty play and back breaking <laughs> turnovers, in spite of Arthur Smith not utilizing his weapons, we could still have nine and ten. Nine or ten wins if if uh, he just doesn't throw make those turnovers. It's a sad state that Brian Burns, the great defensive end for the Panthers, like they just knew that Ritter's they all week they're saying he's gonna give us at least one. Yeah. You know, yeah. And sure enough it happened. Okay, let's let's we're done. We're done. All right. Uh, Goodbye. We, we hope you and yours have a much better holiday than we had. I think it was a good discussion. It was a good therapy session. But we hope you have a happier holiday season than uh, this podcast. And I uh, hope you're well out there. We've had more depressing shows. We've had much more depressing shows. Um, and we'll see you again maybe next week. Maybe <laughs> beginning of the new year. We'll see. But uh, it's been a ride. And that is all. And a message. Until next time, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitalism. Hospitalism.
soul has turned into steel. I've still got the scars that the sun didn't heal. Honey, be room enough to be anywhere. It's not dark yet. I don't even remember what it was. 
Tony Gagne is on the bass. 